Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 86. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. Dude, it is uh, another Sunday, and I am in the middle of two shows. I'm like, I just finished Sutra Sidewatch, and we're here, and then right after this, I got a third planet from the black hole where I'm going to talk about Heisei-era Godzilla. So it's a busy, uh, busy day. Yeah. That, yeah, this is what I, I call the saga week, man. So that's what you meant when you said you had three in a row. I thought you meant like three days of podcasting in a row, not literally three podcasts on just today. <laughs> no, I had four days of podcasting in a row and one of them had three oh in one my day. God. Yeah. So uh, putting that all together, uh, six uh, show, basically every show I run and every show I'm affiliated with basically. And it, it's what I call my saga week because I've never done this many before in one week, but also... Uh, I don't plan on doing it like this again in a while. Hopefully, we'll see. I, I just know, dude, next week, it's just you and me, regular episode. Nothing else is happening next week. So it's just that one one episode, and then that's it. Kind of back, it's like kind of back to the old the old days before like December, August, and uh, like December 2021 and whatnot. It's almost like we need a whole week after, of like recuperating after watching Suicide Squad again. Yeah, okay. uh, the one thing we all could agree on for once. That was actually a really fun uh, cut of steel episode, though. <laughs> I think it's because we were more organized. It was like uh, it wasn't like people running over each other like a chaotic thing. Whereas, yeah. like if you listen to the Apollo commentary, that was like a train wreck of just like what there was like oh the, uh, like, the pause oh, at the play. It's not it's not syncing correctly, and then on top of that, it was just like almost every. Scene. I felt like everyone talking in it yeah. was like the equivalent of the movie itself. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I could I barely could pay attention to the movie because it was just like every time, almost every scene, I was just like, I hate this scene, and here's why, and like everyone else is also like, yeah, the, the, also these reasons. It's, this movie's terrible. <laughs> If you didn't have captions, you're pretty much screwed. Like, yeah. you had no idea what's going on. Like, even if you wanted to know, you couldn't know because it was just this sheer noise. But, yeah, this is, of course, not either of those. Uh, right? Any of these shows I just spoke of, this is Sutra Side, uh, Side Talk, uh, our weekly gaming movie TV show news podcast where we also talk about what we've been playing and what we've been watching. And this week, James, we've got... A roller coaster. <laughs> Speaking of roller coasters, we got a roller coaster of news, uh, mainly on the movie TV front, but also there's other stuff on gaming. It's just not as up and down and insane, I would say. Mm. But it, it's pretty pretty jam packed, definitely. Because dude, we got multiple. We got casting for like a movie, two shows. There's like a studio shut down, an actress bouncing out of a whole like uh, company, pretty much. There's more allegations. There's new trailers, uh, release dates, all that kind of stuff just for movies. And then games were getting heavy into EA. Uh, there's some news for E3 this year, which, dude, I, I feel like we haven't talked about E3 since before E3. What is going to happen last year, like yeah. back in like May? Back or when something. they were like we really hope everything will be fine in like a few weeks. <laughs> it, it, uh, it didn't, didn't happen. It did not, did not happen. Uh, uh, a revival or a resurrection, if you will, of a game long dead that is going to be fun to talk about. And then uh, some news on Ratchet and Clank and some potential conjecture on uh, 
where we think Horizon and God of War will be landing once now that we've had for once we now have ourselves are this year supposedly alleged allegedly we shall (laughs) see yeah we shall see I'm not gonna hold my breath if that's if that like I don't I don't know I don't that's like the only thing but yeah we'll get to it but yeah we got a ton of news we'll go through it all and not much of an intro to talk about too much like we, we could just kind of pop right into the news i'd say and who knows because uh, sometimes even with a large amount like this we could come out of it still with some extra time you never know what's going to happen but uh, let's just start right into the movie tv news james with casting for the borderlands movie again uh we, we just did this a bit ago and you know first we said like hey blanchett's gonna be lilith uh, the siren, of yeah, course, Kevin the original Hart siren is going to be. Uh, I can't remember. Roland. Roland. Okay. Yes. We have casting for two more characters, not the two mains. So this isn't uh, Mordecai or uh, what's his face? Uh, Brick. It's Brick, right? It was the heavy. Yeah. Apple. Yeah. So there's no casting on them yet, and Ooh, I'm very curious I want who it's going to be. Hardy to be Brick, and I want. It- People want some. I forget who is someone who's saying Benicio del Toro should be a no. I mean not Benicio del uh, uh, Dave Batista. Oh, I can see him uh, being Rick. Rick. Yeah, um, it's just like yeah, it's just Drax, but he's just playing a saxophone now. Apparently, who, or I don't know. Who would I want to play Mordecai though? That's very. I'm like. Oh God, what was uh, what was, what was the guy who played <laughs> Rafi in um, the league? Jason Manzukis. He would be pretty funny, I think. The league? What's the league? The that show about uh, fantasy football that's like barely I never about fantasy that. football. Oh, it's super funny, man. <laughs> uh, okay, but I'll, I'll I'll take your word okay. for it because I, I don't I don't know the actor. Sorry, either, back so to the like, actual. I, cast. Honestly, Mordecai is hard to cast. I'm like, who would be Mordecai? Really? I know, right? I'm like trying to think about it, and it's like he wears a mask. Oh, just make Pedro <laughs> make Pedro Pascal Mordecai. That'd be so. <laughs> so just make him everything. He's the new. He's the new like every man. Just yeah. make him everything. But. So I, I guess back to the actual casting. <laughs> yeah. So who we actually have? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Ooh, the fuck? Where did this go? Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna play Doctor Tannis. Yeah, I don't. Doctor Tannis sounds familiar, but I don't remember that character. She was like a side character that helped you on a bunch of quests, but she's like a as the name implies she's a doctor yeah and she just like helps the heroes out throughout um all three movies uh, all three games if i remember correctly uh she works closer with them especially lilith i think in the third one uh because you know they do like the whole i forget what the base is called but like their base that they all work at or live in or something but uh yeah she's part of their crew like the, she just grows closer as the games progress i think if i remember correctly uh but she was cast, and then they cast, uh, who was it? They, they cast Claptrap, James. Yeah, this, the though, little this robot makes sense. on wheels. Uh, yeah, this Jack makes perfect. This, uh, as Claptrap Jack, yes. is perfect. Out of all of their casting, this is the only one that's actually made perfect sense. Like, the others, I'm like, all right, Kate Blanchett, I'm curious to see it, because I'm like, is this movie going to be funny? Or is it not going to be funny? Because it's like, I feel well, Jamie Lee Curtis could like Borderlands is like a comedic shoot. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's not that funny, but it's like, mm. <laughs> it's just a bit. The jokes are Tales from the Borderlands had me rolling. Like that shit was f- so good. 
I, I'm I, I'm waiting to see how this goes. Once the full casting reveal is there, but yeah, I, I don't really I don't know if I've seen Kate Blanchett in anything of comedic like just anything comedic, so it's gonna be curious to see uh her as Lilith in this and potentially being funny and stuff. Kevin Hart, of course, works. It's just like it's weird because he's his character always felt like the most serious one. So that's why I felt like it's weird. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, all right, that's fine. Yeah, but. it's going to be really weird seeing Galadriel as as Siren. Yeah. Also, Kevin Hart, he's short and, like, you know, he's known for just being, like, that funny, nervous guy, even when he's buff. Like, he just looks like, you know, like he's scared or, like, uneasy about everything. Whereas out of, like, the characters here... standing next to The Rock, and The Rock is also tall, so it makes him look even shorter. Yeah, and he's going to, like, use Kevin Hart as bowling ball or something. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, in this, you know, Roland's, like, the leader for the most part until in the... Spoilers, guys, in the game he dies. So, like, uh, really? he... Yeah, they kill him often, too. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, after he yeah. dies, Lilith becomes the commander. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. I thought you played at least. No, the I don't one. really care about spoilers for the story for Borderlands. Yeah, that's not the point of playing. It's like the story in Borderlands never mattered to begin. To like be the, the plot is always like you're a vault hunter, go hunting for loot. That's about it. Yeah, There's they a kill off bit like of yeah, stuff, but it's not that important. And then they kill off like a, I think a character in Borderlands two, or they kill off one of the Borderlands two characters in three. Uh, but I never finished three, so I don't know if they killed more people or not. But um. Yeah, so, yeah, I just don't, it's once again, like, I, I always feel like I keep talking about him, but it's just, it's gonna be weird seeing him potentially be either the more serious guy or the one that's, like, the braver one, just because it's like, yeah, it's Kevin, it's Kevin Hart, it's, I don't know, it's weird. I, I still find his specific casting weird, but otherwise, if it was anyone else, I, I think it would be more believable. Hey, uh, I just but, realized, you know. Jack Black and Kevin Hart have already worked together. In Jumanji, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they just they're they're just pulling a lot of the same people, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, uh, that's really the casting for Borderlands. There's not really much else to say, right? Like we're I, th- yeah. I think at this rate, we've gotten Kevin Hart pretty fast. We got Kate Blanchett not long before, and I think we're just gonna keep getting more as the next. I'd say over the next month or so. I think by the end of March, if anything, we'll probably have Mordecai Brick and all the other supporting characters like i'm sure they'll be like oh here's scooter or something i don't know and whatnot but yeah that's the borderlands news next up uh on a more unfortunate note here so this one is pretty sad uh you know disney acquired uh fox they like merged and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh just kind of like what they did with Lucasfilm, remember, they acquired Lucasfilm and Star Wars and Indiana Jones from George Lucas. Uh, remember what they did to LucasArts right in the beginning? They said, cancel Star Wars 1313 and lay off that team. Just get them out of here. We don't need them. Yeah, just start and from scratch. They, yeah. And that sucked. It really did. Mm-hmm. They are pretty much doing that with Fox now, except in their animation department. Because they're like, we have before on for those that didn't know disney had three animation studios before they merged with fox they had disney animation uh the main one of course that does all their flagship titles they have pixar that does all the pixar movies of course and then they had uh disney toon studios i forget the full name but it was a another disney studio 
that was like their B team. They were the ones that have been making all of the, uh, they made the Planes movies, uh, which were the only kind of like ones they had on their own. But otherwise, they usually were the ones that would do all those direct-to-DVD sequels. Because you're like, you know, Disney Animation Studios didn't do that. Instead, it was this one. They would do all those direct-to-DVD sequels that Disney still wanted them to make. They, though, of more note, in the earlier days, they were the ones that made the Goofy movies. Like, that was that studio. And those are like... No, no, the the one they shut down. Uh, So, remember I was saying there's three Disney Studios? Yeah. Yes. So this is that third studio, the Toon one. I'm saying like they did all these direct-to-DVD sequels and all this stuff. Well, Disney Animation did all the main stuff. They had this B-team studio called like Toon Studios or something uh. that did all the other sequels and planes and Goofy Movie and all that stuff. And eventually they actually recent, I forget, I think in the last year or so, they shut them down. Mm. And I think they laid off everyone for the most part. But I guess like they realized that one wasn't really making the money they wanted. Plus, like their properties were never popular, especially like, you know, Goofy Movie was decades ago, practically now. Versus but that like, movie's a classic, though. Oh, no, it's one of their best ones. Honestly, the that movie's tower. better than most of their... Uh, uh, what did he call it? What does his friend call it? Like the Tower of... The Leading Tower of Cheese, Max. Yeah, no, Bobby's amazing. But yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, Goofy Movie's honestly better than most of their mainstay animation movies. Like, by far, it's actually probably one of their best films. Like, it's not even... That's a Dude, that statement. Movie covers that some, fact. like, serious issues between, like family father learning how to son. yeah father and son learning how to get, like get along and stuff like that yeah and the second one's just extreme it's i love that one too <laughs> it's so good but uh yeah so disney when they merged with fox fox had their own animation studio it was blue sky uh studios and they were the ones that did ice age they did uh yeah i got their actually what filmography else up here uh ice age they did robots in 2005 i forgot about that I, I, i'll be honest i never wa- i never watched that wasn't that a mel brooks movie or am i that a different one ah. i have no idea yeah they did no like idea. all the ice age movies uh they did the rio movies they did epic the, they did the peanuts movie they did ferdinand and their most recent one was uh spies in disguise which came out like to that jeez to christmas 2019 <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know about that one, but I mean, like, I heard the Charlie Brown Didn't one was that movie good. Have, like, I heard uh, good things. Like Will Smith and Tom Holland in it. Yes, but I don't want to watch a pigeon. I'm gonna be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, was, no, I wasn't was, into I, that movie at all. I, I'm not as you know, I'm not as into animated movies as I was as a younger person, but I do still enjoy them. But now I'm like, you know, I'm selective, if anything uh and that one i'm definitely not interested in but yeah it's still like you know that's another studio and james they had 450 employees and they're basically wow. all going to be pretty much laid off uh man that but you know they, they they always say like you know we're going to find ways to see which one if they can get transferred into the other studios but you know when you say that are 450 employees going to be transferred to these other studios I'm sure some of no. them are going to be, uh, be let go. We've and that's just we've sad. transferred 20 people. <laughs> the other 430 will be laid off. Thanks for trying, though. Um, honestly, it's probably... I, I'm probably not too far off. I know I'm probably exaggerating, but I'm pretty sure like it's not going to be like even close to half yeah, that's, are going to be finding jobs still within the company. That's sad. I, I hope those people that don't 
get transferred to another department, find work somewhere else. Cause I mean, hopefully they at least have some experience on their resume at this point, but uh, that that's just sad. Yeah. And it's, I, I get it in a business standpoint, I guess I do because it's like, you know, I don't know how these other movies have been faring. I don't know if ice age is actually even still popular. Cause I remember watching the first one and I, think i might i honestly don't even know if i watched the second one i honestly don't remember same i remember the first one i don't remember any of the other ones i just know that they put in queen latifah as the other mammoth oh, and that's about it maybe i did see that one so i vaguely remember i don't think that. i've watched it all the way i think i may have seen it on tv and i saw it and a commercial happened and then i said well time to leave uh, but i honestly don't remember I, I just know you know it's, it's just funny because it's ray romano in it and it's just like you know it's ray romano's a man it's funny uh but yeah i just I, I guess you know there's nothing of big value that i can think of from it because when you really think about it too you know a lot of animation studios they do stuff just for kids but disney in their own standard they're when they put out an animated movie that movie is enjoyed by kids and adults like families see this even like dude we watch this and, like we watch their movies like and dude I, I watched lion have king like when that. i was a small kid and i enjoyed it and i still watch lion king and it still brings tears to my eyes because it's just an amazing story i mean hell we did a whole thing where we talked about soul yeah like it's it's they they do have that standard so in a sense even though it does suck that they are laying off that studio and i i'm you know i'm always against that kind of thing but I guess understanding from a business standpoint where they're like this studio, uh, they don't have anything that yeah. really brings in everyone like we normally do. And if they've already laid off one of their own internal studios before this, I guess I could see why, where they're just keeping it to two at the moment. I don't know if there's honestly, I think it's, they just have two animation studios now. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's just Disney and Pixar now. That's the other thing that comes to mind is that like it's Disney. They already have animation studios so yeah. maybe when they bought Fox like or Fox Entertainment in total, except for Fox News, uh, they um, they're just like, oh, well, we have this animation studio because we bought it with everything else, but we don't need another animation studio. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. like we said, we, we hopefully uh, at least some of them will get folded into the other studios that already exist, but Likely, it's not going to be all of them. And I'm curious what they are doing right now, because uh, it does say they're closing in April. But their project, Nimona, that was the next movie, I think. Uh, it was, I guess, yeah, there was the next film. I don't know anything about it, but it's pretty much been canceled. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, their last film is Spies in Disguise. Uh, I... I, I, the only thing I would say, though, is I don't know if they really gave them a chance, though, because I don't think you would say Spies in Disguise was a Disney movie. Um, no. Like, that was a Fox movie. So, you know, like, I, they didn't really try to be like, here's a project, see what you can do with it, you know? They didn't try that. They just said, nah, we just don't need them. So, yeah. there is also that, so that's also another con there that they... Who knows if they, maybe they did weigh it and they said we could potentially try it. And they just said, it's not worth it. Or we already have enough. Cause you know, it looks like at least from all the, you know, they showed Disney plus what's going on. They have, of course, all their movies that are alternating. You know, you have all the Disney animated movies and Pixar animated movies coming to theaters and stuff, but you know, they're doing three Pixar animated shows 
for Disney Plus, and it's all being done inside Pixar. So they're just really expanding Pixar. And then they're doing uh, all those Pixar shorts. And then Disney, I think, is also doing animated stuff, but that's probably all in-house. So if anything, and I think instead of having all these separate studios, they're probably expanding both of these existing ones, making them massive. So you kind of have like subgroups within that are like, oh yeah, that's one of the uh, animated show teams, that's an animated film team, and so on and so on. Um, I guess that would make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, but... Still, unfortunate. Hope I hope they all find jobs, but that's yeah, that's for Blue Sky, unfortunately. Uh, next up, though, on a brighter note, James, we're once again going up and down here. So this is the up one. We've got casting for The Last of Us, James. Yeah, and pretty good, I think. And we have, I am, I am excited because all right, we have Joel and Ellie, and who who do we want to talk about for episode? Right, I'll just say, I just right. find it funny that they're jo- both game of thrones characters they are both they are yes you have all right i'll just say without saying their names first you have the red viper doran mart not doran uh uh oberon oberon martell holy crap how did i forget his name uh the red viper oberon martell and he is uh going on a job to protect lady liana mormont uh in the post-apocalyptic world of the last of us meaning that joel is being played by pedro pascal and ellie is being played by bella ramsey yeah i am so pumped for this i'm like i love this casting so much because dude joel i think uh, it works really well with pedro pascal especially too it's like in you know he's texan he's from texas so it works even like more so there but oh yeah huh. uh he yeah so he he'll make it i think he'll make a great show he's got the mustache for it already and the beard like he could do the facial hair easy so it's just like a you know it's just he, he could definitely work as joel and then bella ramsey as I, it's gonna be interesting because i don't know what else she's done i've looked at i think i looked at her imdb and i saw like some kitty type movies and stuff that i don't really know and i've never seen her in them either because i don't really care at the same time <laughs> um you know so she's probably like kind of more fun and silly in them i don't know but you know she plays liana mormont in game of thrones Dude, and she, she was so great in that <laughs> she was uh, as the children's book is called the littlest badass and yeah like i love all the scenes where like all the adults in the room are like what are you fucking crazy? You want to go up against like all this crazy shit? And Liana Mormont's like, "What? Aren't you all fucking lords? Grow some balls!" <laughs> yeah, she she straight up calls out all these northern lords and straight makes them actually apologize and be like, "I didn't mean it." And she's like, "I'll be fighting myself." And it's like she's straight up like, "I'm going myself too." Like everyone counts. Like it's all this stuff in Game of Thrones too, and it's just it's it's exciting. To see her too, especially spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You know she dies in yeah, the final season. I forgot about in that. In the and I was very disappointed. I was just like, man, besides the fact that, that season sucked ass, but yeah. like it, it was just also unfortunate that we lost her too. And I was so sad. It's just it's like seeing uh, Richard Madden who played Rob Stark in that Disney Cinderella movie as the prince, and I'm like, oh, he's the prince again. He's alive and. Uh, like i shouldn't have been that excited for that movie but it was straight up just being like oh dope rob stark's not dead (laughs) it was like the same thing here where i'm like oh dope 
Ellie, it's like, oh, Liana Mormont's not dead. Now she's a little girl who's immune to an infection and will play a girl that's basically going to have... She's going from a noble lady who is like, you know, she backs up words with her actions to a preteen girl who's like, hey, cocksucker, look over here, and then throws a brick at him. Like, it's just like... fuck you. Throws a bottle. Her vocabulary will be quite different. And also, you know, she's American now. Like, she was playing a British... You know, it's like, you know, she's playing British. She's, like, she's going to be straight-up American now. That's going to be very interesting hearing her accent change. So, I don't know. It's just... Dude, I'm I'm just pumped. I'm like... (laughs) It's not often that just, like, a child is just, like, has my attention of just, like, holy shit, yo, this kid is fucking badass. This is a boss-ass kid. I'm just so excited for this show. Like, I love The Last of Us already, but everything we've heard about, like, the casting for this show and just, like, the the subject matter for it, it, like, I'm so excited. I'm ready. Yeah, and Pedro Pascal has proven that he could go into shit and still shine. Oh, yeah. Like, just by... All right, of course, we loved him as the Red Viper. That's, like, the role he was introduced to us in. And he's, like, I think in Narcos and stuff, but, like, I haven't seen that yet. You know, he is fantastic as the Mandalorian. He's, mm. he's like, that is him now. And Somehow he's so in, like, expressive, King's... even when he's, like, wearing a helmet all the time. Yeah. And he's, like, in the second Kingsman movie, he's great in that, too. He's in... Uh, wonder woman 1984 i and literally forgot he about was, that <laughs> he was a standout role in there he actually did a great job and it just made me angry because it's like oh, okay cool you have a great character a great villain but the problem is i cared about more about him than i did about wonder woman and i'm like this movie is about her not him it shouldn't be like that i shouldn't be like oh yeah he was you know an yeah, enjoyable part of the movie it's very like, true his, yeah. his storyline in that movie was way more interesting than hers Huh. It's it's like you know it, life could be good. <sighs> life is good, but it could be better. And it's like that. I don't know. That's such a good. Ah, oh, it's so good. But yeah, the rest of the movie is just shit. It's it's weird. I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But yeah. So he's proven he can just he could he just does a good. He, he's just good. He, you're you're like okay cool. Pe- this casting is amazing. I am absolutely happy for it. And I I'm it's just like the more I hear about the Last of Us the more excited I get. And it's just the opposite of, I feel like how we feel about every single video game property that gets turned into a show or movie where it's like, okay, see how it goes. Like if you heard us during Borderlands, I'm just kind of like, I'm fucking out, dude. I don't even care about this movie. Yeah, the only thing we got excited for was like, oh, Jack Black, it's Claptrap. That makes sense. Everyone else is like... Yeah, it's... <laughs> we, in the theater, where's the robot on wheels? I, I want to see the wheel robot. Where, who the fuck are these people? I just can't wait for the moment that like Claptrap walks up, or rolls up to some stairs and Jack Black just shouts, Stairs! <laughs> I will say um, that was the only thing I enjoy. I, I, I don't care about Borderlands 3, but I bought it because friends wanted to play it and I still need to get through it. But I remember the trailer watching it and you just see Claptrap. There's like um, one of the guns is like a little robot, a bipedal gun robot. And it starts hopping up the stairs and Claptrap's chasing him. And it stops at the stairs and Claptrap's like, no! It's <laughs> like, on these splash screens, like Claptrap, weakness, stairs, or something like that. The, in terms of humor, at least on the level for Claptrap specifically, they do a great job. Yeah. They, I always like that. But uh, all right, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, Last of Us casting, amazing. Looking forward to it. This is so far the one thing that's showing great promise besides just at least seeing one image of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake at least made us know like, oh, at least he looks the part. Yeah. Like that looks pretty good. We don't know actually how he's going to be, but you know, at least the Naughty Dog stuff is working well. I can't wait to see. Even uh, though it's like taking long. I, I can't wait to see um, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. I, I, okay, that's the only, I just don't want to see Mark Wahlberg. We got a treasure over here. Hey, Nate! Nate, no! <laughs> okay, why does that oh sound like Christopher Walken? Oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a... Dude, it's like Nathan Drake does die like he does, and it's like it whites out, and it has like that music, and you just see Sully wake up from a nightmare where he's like, Nate, no! And it's like, what's wrong, Sully? He's like, oh, I don't know why. I just had a weird nightmare. That would be so meta. That would be so good. I, th- I think they could easily do a scene where like, I don't know, Nate has to like jump off a waterfall or something, and they like make it seem like, oh, maybe he jumped to his death or whatever, and have Sully just like, be like, Nate, no! And, oh, that'd be fantastic. And the next scene is like, oh no, Nate's fine. <laughs> I, they they got to do the whole thing of like, I, we, were, we were just talking about it now. We're like, just get out the notebook and you're just yes. like, oh yeah, you got it. It has to be a Vavuzula. <laughs> oh, like, oh yes. Wait, <laughs> <Nate>, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Back to some more unfortunate news again. <laughs> Yeesh. All right. This one is just like, I wasn't, I was like, wait, what? So. Uh, Disney News again, and this is for Gina Carano. Yeah, this is a doozy she, of a story. She has been ejected from pretty much Disney and The Mandalorian, and basically Star Wars as a whole. Yeah, uh, I think because she's literally uh, been banned it? from future Star Wars things. Apparently, yeah, she's. It just seems like Disney was like permanent ban, and they're just but, like, uh, it's not worth dealing with this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're pretty much going. You're bad for our image of being like, yeah. Even though we, this we isn't do even our the first time that she said some crazy shit. It's just just like this was the final straw. Yeah, and the quote from Disney is, uh, or I guess uh, Lucasfilm representative Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts uh, denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent. And unacceptable. Apparently, she's been anti-mask, and yeah, also... she she's posted vid, uh, like memes about how wearing masks is like not necessarily pointless, but it's like like she shared a, a photo of like people wearing like full-on hazmat suits and stuff for like actual deadly things. And then she's like, "Oh, but a paper mask that'll save you from COVID, though." And it's like, "Well, no, but it's better than nothing, though." It's... Uh, She's also probably comparing something of, like, radiation to, like, this. Yeah, so... Uh, Her also thing was apparently saying, uh, if you're a Republican, uh, now it's, like, being being Jewish in the Holocaust. She tried to make a connection between, like, how Jewish people were persecuted by their neighbors, like, supposedly, before the... And, like, that's why the soldiers were able to, like round up all the jews in the holocaust and send them to concentration camps but it's just like i see how you could kind of try to make that connection of like oh conservative people in america are being persecuted sort of today because of like there being a weird crossover between being politically conservative and being a racist person 
Not that that's like a 100% oh, yeah. crossover, but there's a strange percentage of crossover there. And and it's also like the whole thing with Trump now too. It's like it's like yeah. a weird thing where it's like you're either with me or against and me. That's, and yeah, and, and that, that doesn't help. Thing. So yeah. it's just I see how you could make the connection that like being conservative in America today comes with like the um negative stigma of like oh well you're conservative that means you also might be racist or sexist or yeah. transphobic or whatever but that's not the same as being rounded up by soldiers and sent to concentration camps and literally being gassed to death that is not yeah. the same thing so i yeah, don't know so, you I mean, might also that kind of i, I, I would took say this a little too, bit personally and i i was just like as to yeah, as two as two Jewish hosts here, I think we we you know we're not really happy about that comparison whatsoever. Um, I saw that and I'm like looking at this and I'm like, yeah, because yeah, there's a bunch of Jews that stormed the Capitol right in that time too. Is that is that what you're comparing us to? Yeah, and that's <laughs> the other thing. It's like you're you're basically trying to say it's not fair that the Nazis are being persecuted. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's so yeah, it's it. And again, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that all conservatives are Nazis, because that's obviously not true. But yeah, it's not even the majority. It's not even half. Yeah. It's like a small percentage. It's just a vocal. It's that it's, whole thing of vocal minorities. So you have all these loud people and then yeah. you just associate. And it's but yeah, it's just so I see how she could have this perspective. I just think it was a really bad choice to actually post that. So I I definitely understand why she was uh, fired. I. And I don't want to be one of those people that says like, oh, she has a different opinion than mine. She should be fired. It's more like, no, Disney warned her a bunch of times to not get political on her page because that's bad. That's makes it difficult for their company who has. Don't upset the mouse. Yeah. So like it just makes sense that like she probably had something in her contract that said like, don't stir up the the bee's nest or whatever. And she kept poking the bee's nest. And so Disney was like fucking not no more we can't we can't keep you here anymore yeah yeah disney was like oh bother and then they just went out <laughs> so it's like yeah like people are allowed to have their own like perspectives on things and but man her take was just bad in my opinion yeah i'm sure i'm sure kevin sorbo is happy to talk to her though mm. <laughs> so you have kevin sorbo at least i don't fucking... I, I did see that she like oh, after God. being fired from lucas uh, film she like immediately got a film uh, a contract with like someone else or whatever that was like oh I'm very pro conservative people but uh, whatever it's <sighs> oh one of the okay yeah, yeah. it's whatever I mean I will say too so now that we've kind of addressed that more serious portion it gets into the less much less serious but nerdy portion of like uh, what's the future of Mandalorian and other new Galactic Rangers or New Republic Rangers and stuff and um. Of course, like, looking at Gina Carano, she wasn't really, you know, an A-grade actress or anything. I mean, I liked like, Cara Dune. I liked her character, but yeah, like, they don't they don't need to bring her back. She yeah, she was like, she was the there show. for action. She wasn't there for, like, yeah. exposition or anything else too much. Like, uh, if you ever watch her previous films, they're kind of like all these action espionage things. And they're not really, if you haven't heard of them. Now, you know, they're not really that important. They're not that big of a deal. It was just kind of like, uh, was that direct to DVD? I don't, I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> like, that's, that's honestly kind of how it was. And, you know, 
I I think we were talking about it on our Discord that we have shared with the other create yeah, you know the other said, podcasters like, we have. She, well, she did get hit in the head a lot. I uh, made me laugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, we were anyway. We were because uh, you know she was like an MMA fighter or something. Yeah. Uh, she was some form of it was it was like I think it was MMA or UFC or something. I think it was. It was I, I want to say it was I MMA. Yeah, and you know, let me, she, let me you know, sure she was ar- she, yeah, just double check it. But you know, she had pretty much actual professional fighting under her belt when they got her, and that's why they wanted her because it's like, oh, she could do really awesome moves and stuff. And you know, that is she was the primary female support character in that show. And, you know, you still want a large female support character like that. Because, you know, Mandalorian, uh, Jin, yeah, Din Jaren played by MMA. Pedro Pascal. Is, I mean, it was MMA? Okay, cool. You know, Pedro Pascal is still the lead, but, like, you still want uh, a heavy female fighter there. Like, someone just, like, sheer power there in the show. But I will say, so, she was a rebel or, like, an ex-rebel. And the whole thing with the background, there was conjecture or, like, uh, there was... There was uh, just hypotheses of uh is she going to still be in this show or is she going to be the lead of the new galact the new republic rangers show that's going to happen that's like basically taking place at the same time it's like republic forces in the outer rim and stuff but this pretty much tells us no republic rangers will be a new cast but for mandalorian do we need another female rebel and I'm going to say no. Yeah, not really. I mean, we have Bo-Katan and um, Sa- Sasha Banks is the other uh, Mandal- yes. female Mandalorian. Like, there are plenty. Of, and um, what's her? Uh, 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 Fennec, although she's probably going to be. Fennec's going to be in, yeah, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So, like, there are but, plenty uh, of awesome female characters already. Exactly. And that's where my point comes in. Because I remember someone... I'll say this. Someone also in our Discord was like, oh, she should be replaced by Ronda Rousey. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, yo, Gina Carano wasn't the best actress, but she was better than Ronda Rousey in terms of actual acting. Ronda Rousey is a great fighter, but the movies I've seen her in, I was like, just just shoot stuff. Don't, mm. don't, just don't, don't, oh, oh, God, it's not, not, it's not that good. And I, I, yeah, we don't we don't need another like that. We she doesn't need to be in it at all. No, and I, we don't need anyone new. That's the thing. We don't need a new character. We can use what we have there, and it is true. We have, we do have um, Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan, but I'm not even thinking her, because of course she's big in there, and she's main, but she isn't um, like that heavy set fighter or anything. Uh, she is perfectly good at where she is. And, you know, she's crossed shows. She was in Clone Wars. She was in Rebels. She kind of outlasts everything and keeps moving through. And you never, you never know if she'll be in Ahsoka, too, because, you know, they were allies for a good amount of time. And I, I love Singer and everything. She's still, honestly, in the, all this stuff, she's probably my favorite, like, post-Return of the Jedi character. Or, like, basically, like, one of the expanded universe characters at this point. But if you want, like, straight-up badass fighter that can do shooting and hand-to-hand and everything else. And you have someone that hasn't really been explored yet. You have Sasha Banks's character, Casca Reeves, who is also in Death Watch, who is also a Mandalorian. And I think, one, 
it's great having her there too. And it's like, she doesn't necessarily need to be a side character to just Bo-Katan now. You never know if they're like allied and who knows what's going to happen with the Darksaber because they have to duel over it and shit. But she couldn't do stuff with Mando, with Jin, with the Din Jaren. And she could like be there for that kind of stuff and she could speak more and everything else. Because I think Sasha Banks would do a fantastic job just having a bigger role. I just don't know if that'll impact scheduling at all. Because I feel like she was there probably... I don't know if that'll like change anything because she's still, you know, she's still part of WWE. Yeah. But, you know, like that... <laughs> WD, WWE, that's where the actors are, not, not UFC. <laughs> but well, like yeah, dude, they, i think they literally have to act out an, a soap opera essentially every week exactly i mean that's how dude look where the rock came from like yeah. come on and so yeah i think sasha banks is where you want to look i would double down on her and push her forward as like uh, yo this is the second character this is the secondary character of mandalorian right there that's yeah. who you got I Plus, think so just, wouldn't it be cool to see, like, Dinjarin Mandalorian palling around with another Mandalorian, like a female Mandalorian? Exactly. And also, I just, I, I also, I just want an excuse to have more blue armor yeah. right there. Like, I just love the Death Watch armor Death, so much. Death it's Watch so really dope. Cool. I love Death Watch armor. Uh, like I said, I want to cosplay that one day. It's so good. So good. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, would you, you agree with all that, right? I oh, think we're yeah. off the same mind here. Mm-hmm. This work perfectly i i believe in Costco reeves so go go with that guys i think that's what you need to do and i think that's what'll work i don't know why but like of all the cool things that sasha banks's character did in the mandalorian like f- literally fighting him in that bar for like oh, boba fett oh, that, right she was fighting boba fett i forgot like the the one like character trait not trait even just like uh detail that it, I don't know why it makes me like it's so unique is like the braid like the cross of braided hair that goes across her forehead like I've never yeah, seen anything dope. like that and it's so interesting yeah it definitely is and dude you see her you straight up see her moves when she fights him she does like straight up full-on WWE she moves there and it was dope <laughs> yeah or broke the table with <laughs> him <laughs> Yeah, it was, oh god, it's great. Yeah, so dude, straight up, like Sa- Sasha Banks is always a good time. Like she knows how to put in full entertainment just by beating the shit out of people. It's perfect, oh, yeah. straight up perfect, right there. Uh, but that is Mandalorian news. Uh, moving on, we got casting for Peacemaker and a release date, dude. So first off, um, the casting was the character Judo Master, and he is another i don't know he's like someone i didn't really know i was like who the fuck is judo master uh it's another dc character and judo master is going to be played by uh who is uh playing it's i believe it's um i'm double checking here uh newit lee i don't know how to it's like n-h-u-t is his name uh, and then the last name is Lee. But uh, honestly, I'm not too sure how to say his name. So I don't want to say it more just because I don't want to butcher it and just be bad there. But uh, yeah, he is a character that hasn't been really used in a long ass time. I think, uh, honestly, I can't think of anything because I, I started reading uh, DC Comics really, James, in like 2009 and on. And I haven't seen him in one thing 
during that entire time. So this dude is like before that. I don't know how when was the last time he was utilized. But he's supposed to be like, as his name implies, Judo Master. He's like a martial arts type hero, I guess, that uh, was just in the DC world. I honestly don't know too much about him. But he'll be in Peacemaker. So he's like another supporting, I guess, hero type mm. that'll be in this movie. All right. Or in this uh, HBO Max series. So that'll be interesting. Uh, the other news was that this show, James, it's coming in less than a year. Really? Yeah, so we got The Suicide Squad that Peacemaker, played by John Cena, will be in in August. This series will be kicking off 2022 in January. Hmm, okay. So pretty soon after the so, movie. Assuming yeah, we're, we're 11 now. months away from this show. Which is actually sooner than most other DC things that are announced that we get. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, it'll come in three to five to never years. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this, though. Uh, I, I feel like we'll get more throughout the year. And we'll probably get a trailer for it, like, I don't know, probably in October to December. Like, I don't, I don't feel like they, they'll show anything until, like, I would say August is the early. Well, actually, no, August is when the movie comes out. So yeah, it'll probably I'd be sometime after, after. for sure. Yeah, so anywhere between September to December, we'll see a first trailer for it. But yeah, tune in, tune in for the rest of the year as we probably get more news about it, casting and what it's going to be about and everything else. But yeah, I st- dude, I straight up think this is going to be a prequel and he's just going to get, ex- he's going to explode in the fucking movie. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna kill John Cena, man. It's going to be insane. Dude, I've been laughing my ass off because like, John Cena's Twitter is so funny. Like he keeps retweeting people uh, po- that post pictures of him that are saying like, "I don't know why people took this picture. There's no, there's no like subject to the photo. Like, cause they're playing off of the whole his like you can't see me thing. Like, he like he apparently posted a picture of uh, him in the uh, peacemaker outfit, like sitting on set or whatever. But he like somehow t- like removed all the parts of him that are not covered by the costume <laughs> so it's just, oh, like, awesome. just like he's invisible and all you can see is the costume i thought it was so funny that guy's hilarious dude i'm gonna i think uh for our sutra said talk twitter account i may do something where it's like just a oh uh yeah i'll do it before hopefully i come out with this so no one takes it from <laughs> me but I'll, I'll post like a, a photo of like the other people in suicide squad and be like oh and then there's peacemaker uh, it's like Peacemaker and the other or cast, like, and it's just, he's just not in like there. Peacemaker's in the front. You're like, it's weird that they're missing Peacemaker here, though. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> once again, though, John Cena, I want you all to know, John Cena follows our Twitter account. Yeah. I still love that. Uh, that's still a, a warm thought that I go to on a cold night. <laughs> and I like to say, too, because, dude, yes, he follows one hundred and twenty, like 218,000 people, but he has 12.7 million followers. That is insane. So we are a small fraction of the people he follows. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, that's Dude, the he, dopest He shit. was definitely one of the best parts of that Bumblebee movie. Like, just for the scene where he's like, <laughs> this makes no sense. We're siding with the Decepticons. They have deception in their name. Does anyone else Shouldn't think that's that a bad be a idea? warning? 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that was straight up, that's such a, that's actually a good movie. That's such a sleeper. That, oh, man. Go watch Bumblebee. Don't watch, just watch Transformers 1 and Bumblebee. Don't watch 2 through 5. Just, yeah. Just watch those two. Definitely do not watch The Last Night because that. I do want to watch Bumblebee again, honestly. I'd like to watch that again. The Last soon. Night hurt my brain. I didn't watch it. I, that's where I, I James, I did it. I didn't do it. I, I just, like, I think after. Uh, Age of Extinction. I was so angry. It's like I said, I watched a free movie in IMAX and I straight up was like, I want my money back. Dude, by the end of the movie, like Cybertron is literally like parked on top of Earth and I'm just like, no, but you have no idea how much that would fuck with our like ecosystems and stuff. Like that would basically kill so much life on Earth. (laughs) You can't just do things like this and not think about it. great warriors you're free now run into the wilds of china and like they tried to make oh my god <laughs> they tried to make like a moment out of it where it was just like we must learn to live together us like transformers and humans it's like no but like you're all gonna die probably <laughs> at least the oh, humans god. yeah uh, but yeah so, go watch Bumblebee. that one's much better yeah 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 uh back to casting news now uh we've got uh house of the dragon casting again james so we got a little bit more here it is four people uh riss ifans steve toussaint i love that name toussaint i think it's just the witcher 3 uh mm. blood and wine uh for toussaint uh Eve best and sonoya mizuno James, I'm going to be honest. I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, none of that's ringing a bell. But, uh, okay, here we go. So, uh, going down the line there. Riss Ifans. Uh, let me double check here if I got it all correctly. We'll play Otto Hightower. Okay. So, Otto Hightower at the time, you know, he's handed the king for Viserys Targaryen. Remember we were talking about how House of the Dragon, this is taking place right before the Dance of Dragons yeah. civil war happens between the Targaryens. So you still have Viserys as king and it's his kids that go to war with each other. But his hand of the king is Otto Hightower, uh, who, of course, remember Hightower is the line that is the ones that they they rule Old Town oh, with the tower yeah, yeah, and the yeah. Meisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Citadel. So that's from... The, yes, yes. So... He, he is the pretty much the lord of, I believe, Old Town, and he is the Hand of the King. And it says here, uh, Sir Otto is loyal to the king in his realm and believes the greatest threat to both is the king's brother, Damon, who is the current heir to the throne. And, uh, you know, Damon Targaryen is the one that I believe he's, the, you know, he's the uncle that weds uh, Viserys' daughter. And they're pretty much two dragon riders and stuff, so... Uh, if I remember correctly, then Otto Hightower will probably side with the son who's younger than the daughter in this. So he'll be on the son. The Hightowers might side with the the son's side of the Targaryens. Hmm. Uh-huh. I'm guessing if he if he doesn't trust Daemon Targaryen, then that would be the reason I would say. But that's him. We have Steve Toussaint, who is going to play Lord Corlys Valerion, and uh, for those that don't know. The Valerians are the other Valerians from Old Valeria. So when the Targaryens came to uh, 
to Westeros, they weren't the only family. The the uh, that family as well. The Valerian. It's like hard to say Valerian and Valerian because it's like it's different. So similar. They're so similar. Uh, but yeah, they're the ones that are like the sea snakes or the sea dragons. Like that's their symbol, if I remember mm, correctly. Okay. And they are, I always forget if they're on Dragonstone or like there's like an island next to Dragonstone and they're on that island and that's where they're from. But it's supposed to be like that, I think. Because it's either they came at the same time or they actually might have arrived earlier before the Targaryens and they were actually the first Valerians to come. It's one of those two. I, I forget, but it's like something like that. Anyway, uh, he is uh, the sea, he's known as the Sea Snake and is known as the most famous nautical adventurer in Westeros and built a house that is richer than even the Lannisters. Furthermore, the Valerian house is said to have the biggest navy in the land and sea. I believe Valerion sides with the daughter in this one. So they're kind of giving everyone, you know, it's like one big one goes for one, one big one goes for the other. Right. So it's like that. You've also got... Uh... Eve Best and Eve Best will be uh, Princess Rhaenys Valerion. Uh, so I believe that's the daughter. Oh no, that's so the wife to Corlys Valerion. So she's the wife to the serpent, uh, to the sea snake. And she's also a dragon rider. She's also known as the queen who never was as she pa- oh, is passed over as heir to the throne at the great council because the realm favored her cousin Viserys simply for being male. Okay, so she was a Targaryen, and she wed the Valerion. So even though she's Valerion in name, she's Targaryen in blood. And she's the older sister of the current king, and that's the whole thing. So I think that's why they picked the daughter, because she sees like the same thing there. Uh, she should have been queen, but because oh. uh, Viserys was a male, he got it instead, and he's younger. Mm. And now she sees the same thing. If they remember correctly, they see the same thing again, and they're like, you know... We're going to side with the daughter in this. And that's why, if I'm correct, I'm basing this off of my recollection of reading uh, World of Ice and Fire, where I read the whole history there. But I'm pretty sure. If I'm wrong, I'll actually be slightly annoyed. I'll be like, damn it, I knew better. <laughs> I have all this knowledge. Uh, and then the last person was uh, Sonoya Mizuno. Uh, let's see. So Mizuno, who arrived at Westeros with nothing but her name, has been sold more times than she can recall. Instead of giving up, she rose up to become the most trusted ally of Prince Daemon Targaryen. Hmm. So that'll be another siding with... Uh, so it looks like we got three characters siding with uh, the daughter who becomes queen, who vies to become queen. And then, of course, the Hightowers that will probably vie for the son who tries to become king. All right, so we got more there. Man, this is honestly, I, I honestly, James, I don't, I think House of the Dragon won't be an anthology. Uh, just, I don't know why. I, I just feel like because they're they're really putting heavily into this that it's probably going to be like season one is just regular shit, just like Game of Thrones. And then season two is going to be like the War of the Five Kings, but it's the start of the Civil War. Yeah, it definitely sounds like they're setting up like a very complicated details uh, detailed story because i mean all the things you just mentioned of like people different houses citing for different like candidates for the throne it basically sounds like they're doing another game of thrones yeah it's just targaryen it's game of thrones targaryen edition so it's just all red and black and shit 
once again, I, I still it's cool, but I wanted I wanted the fucking bunch of different dragons. I no, I wanted the long night. I wanted the fucking long yeah, night. That, <laughs> I'm never gonna stop saying that would have been cool. So cool. I want to know All more right, about yeah. the, the children of the forest and the first men and shit like that. <sighs> I wanted the, wanted the first men so badly. It was going to be so dope. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's House of the Dragon. And then, uh, dude, we got some G4 news. I wasn't expecting this, but guess who's coming back? For Who's been actually, they've gotten them back. I forget who we already said uh, had come back. or Because no. they, they've already... Con- uh, do, they, do we not confirm? Uh, they just said Xavier Woods is like the main guy doing right. it, but he didn't come back. He's new. I to forgot it. about that. Okay, yeah. Uh, it is instead. Uh, Adam Sessler uh, that makes is sense. returning. He was like as a, the host of X Play. That makes sense. He was and Kevin Pereira is returning as the host of Attack on Attack of the Show. Mm. Yeah, so they're coming back, uh, and it's saying here. That they're, yeah, with them both doing that, they're also getting Avili, May, and Froskirin. Froskirin. I wanted to, I don't know why I wanted to sound like that when I was trying to pronounce it better, but I was like trying to do it as if I was adjusting glasses, Mm -hmm. trying to read the name. But I'm pretty sure that's like a a streamer name because there's no first or last name, it's just a name. Uh, will be the first two co- two on-air cast members of G4's official slate of esports programming. Oh, okay, so they're doing esports. Uh, James, do you know who these two are? Avili May and Froskerin. I keep, I'm like no. saying the name like I'm expecting a second name, like a last name, but it's just like the fucking, it's just the streamer name. Like I'm supposed to know who that is. Nah, none of those. Neither of those sound familiar to me. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking, I guess I'll, I'll check them out. Um, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're already on like G4's like Instagram or YouTube or something. So I'll search to see who they are. But I mean, at the same time, James, I'm not really still, even if G4 has esports, I don't really want to watch esports. Like I'll definitely want to check out Attack of the Show and X-Play, especially now that those two are coming back. Like I'm down for that. But yeah, I, I just don't know about the uh, the uh, esports portion of it. Also, but I, I'm really hoping, like, do you think, I don't know if they will, because, you know, Morgan Webb works with uh, an actual dev team now, I think, and Olivia Olivia Munn is, well, she's Olivia Munn now. Yeah, she's so, got other shit to do. It's like, well, I'm going to go be in a movie. I can't really do this, or I'm going to be in a show. I'm going to be know, in who, X-Men and Predator. Could... Oh, 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 I can't. Oh, gonna, I was about to start talking about WandaVision, but I'm not going to. I can't. Uh, but it, there's so much to talk about with Wanda, WandaVision, James. Oh, my God. But, dude, I'm loving it so much. Dude, it's because I, I can't I can't say it without spoiling it. It's so I know, right? infuriating. I, we got to wait till the end of the season and do like a full got, Yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll have a full on like we talked about. Well, I mean, we talked about season two of the boys. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be a good time with that. But um, yeah, I was just going to talk about Psylocke. And some other stuff. Not that she's in one division. She's not. I'm not. I'm not saying that she is. But there's some other stuff. I, I'm not gonna say. Anyway. Anyway. I'm gonna not get into that. But yeah, I just. I. It would be cool, especially to have Olivia Munn in Attack of the Show because she was great. And also, I'm not gonna lie. When I was younger, I had a big crush on her and stuff. Like, I think I'm not even gonna lie, dude. I at one point sent her. I think she did a thing where she's like, "I'm in this magazine. If you send it to me, I'll sign it." Oh my and god! I really? did. She signed it, and I was like, "Whoa." I was like, I was like 18 or something. I was oh just like, my oh gosh, my she god, she touched this. 
Shush the magazine. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I never sounded like this, but you know, this is what it was like. Yeah, so it was like that, you know. It was, it was pretty fun. But yeah, if she was back, that'd be dope. Uh, yeah, that's G4. And then... Serious again, James. Put on serious face. Um, we've got more Ray Fisher related news. Not really necessarily to him, but more of the support that has come up for him. And I, it came from not where I was really expecting, nor did I, did I know that like one of them was in the investigation, like at least yeah. giving their take. So one of the last things we said was like, it's really confusing that Ray Fisher is so adamant that Joss Whedon is like this terrible person, at least on the set, because we at, at the time had not had any other people that had ever worked with Joss Whedon that I was aware of uh, say that they they had had similar experiences with him. Like up up until now, my recollect or my uh, I have no idea or had no idea that Joss Whedon like had any or that anyone had a problem with Joss Whedon. But over the last week or so. Um, oh no, what was her name? Uh, Charisma Carpenter, who played one of the characters on Buffy. I forget her character's name. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, she claimed that Joss Whedon basically tormented her on set, essentially like calling her, you know, fat all the time or whatever, even when she became pregnant with her child. And then, you know, when she apparently, according to her, when she told him that she was pregnant, he was like, well, are you going to keep it? Like, wait, what? Yeah. Like he basically didn't seem to care about like her or her like interest in starting a family or anything. And like she had like they let her do the the show for like the next season like sh she was pregnant for like the whole season or whatever and apparently like after she gave birth she just like they just fired her like immediately and so she's claiming he, but he he straight up asked her if she was gonna keep it i did not know that. yeah like i i read her entire like uh, multi-page like uh description of like what went on and it's just like it sounded like he specifically might have problems with like working with women but which i guess that does that is the most ironic shit i have ever heard because you know how all of his fans are always like yeah he's like the best for female yeah right like everything like he's known for buffy which is like one of the first like female main character like tv shows and female driven in terms of the cast yeah so it is just if this is true, it's very sad to hear that, like, there is actually at least someone else other than Ray Fisher that has experienced uh, abuses by um, Joss Whedon on set. And uh, I have an Entertainment Weekly article uh, up to because, like, apparently I don't want to read her entire uh, thing because it's it's pretty long. But um, also Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, responded saying essentially uh, while I'm proud to have the name, uh, my name associated with Buffy Summers, I don't want to be forever associated with the name Joss Whedon. Uh, I am more focused on raising my family and surviving a pandemic currently, so I will not be making any further statements at this time, but I will stand with all survivors of abuse and I'm, uh, and I'm proud for them to speak out. And uh, the guy who played Spike on the show, uh, James Marsters, uh, said something similar that while I'm honored... 
er, er, while I will always be honored to have played the character of Spike, the Buffy set was not without challenges. I do not support abuse of any kind and am heartbroken to learn of the experiences of some of the cast. I send my love and uh, support to all involved. Um, Elijah, Elijah Deuce crew apparently said, uh, her heartaches for, um, Charisma Carpenter having had to hold on to this for so long, but it's, it's still weird. Cause it's like Charisma Carpenter is saying like, this is what happened to me, but all the other stars are saying like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I had no idea. So yeah, it's still weird, but it's like, there is just that much more validity maybe to ray fisher um having having spoken the truth that like he experienced some abuses on set and because like i don't know it's it's not exactly hard proof but it is just a little bit disappointing that like now there's even more people coming out saying that like joss whedon isn't as like perfect as everyone thinks he is and that like maybe it is kind of a problem that uh, dc or warner brothers seem to just like quickly get this investigation uh in uh, of like the justice league uh joss whedon time like it, oh, man i'm really losing my uh, train of thought here like basically maybe there is more truth to what happened to ray fisher but we're still not 100% sure, I guess. Yeah. And thinking about it here, too, is what will really nail it in the coffin. It's like, okay, Joss Whedon's been a part of a lot of projects. The one I doubt we're going to hear anything about, just because who knows how many eyes were on it, was probably, you know, Avengers 1 and 2. We're not going to probably hear anything from that because... Disney was all over it. Kevin Feige was all over it. If there was any whiff of anything, I feel like, I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like like they're, they're so in everything, there was no breathing room to even attempt something like that to happen. But I, you know, I, I don't know yeah. for sure. There is, sorry, there's one line out of um, Charisma Carpenter's like two page thing that I, I want to point out that uh, kind of yeah. sums up the whole thing. Uh Last summer, when Ray Fisher publicly accused Joss uh, of abusive and unprofessional behavior towards the cast and uh, crew during reshoots on the Justice League uh, set of 2017, it gutted me. Joss has a history of being casually cruel. He has created hostile and toxic work environments since his early career. I know because I experienced it firsthand repeatedly. Okay. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't... I don't know if we'd find anything in the Avengers sets, but what would really make... Yeah, because the only reason, like I said, I think it's just because of Disney and Kevin Feige oversight. Like, their eyes are everywhere. I don't think you could yeah, get away maybe. with that there. But think of Firefly. Maybe. I don't know. Like, it looks... You know, on, up front, it seems like such a friendly group of people, but you never know what happened back then. Like, what if... God knows, like, what if Summer Glau or Nathan, even Nathan Fillion, I doubt Nathan Fillion, but, like, because I don't know if he'd do that to him, especially because he's such a big name, he could say anything, probably, and people would believe him for sure. Uh, maybe, like, yeah, like I said, Summer Glau, one of the other actresses, potentially, like or lesser Bachman. actors on there. Yeah, like, w if one of them spoke up, I think that would be it. It's just like, holy crap, okay, from now another different set completely. Yeah. Like there's no way you can't believe this now. Like, I think that's it. Like that's the nail in the coffin. Um, 
but who knows? Because like, there's that. You never know. He did uh, what Alien Resurrection. Uh, I don't honestly know all of his other projects, but there's so many other things that people could potentially speak up from. If we see it, then just one more. I'm pretty much all in. Like yeah. I'm like you know I believe him. There is no way I can't. When it comes to this, I still. I'm very much leaning towards Ray Fisher already, at least in terms of Joss Whedon. Where it gets crazier, though, is when it does get to Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada, like Jeff Johns when he's running DC, because he's pretty much supporting, it sounds like he was supporting Joss Whedon or like the other that was there, and then Walter Hamada, who is supporting Jeff Johns, and it's like that whole ladder there, and that's where it gets trickier. But it's like if he's telling the truth about one why would he lie yeah. about the other you know so i i feel like that one more one more speak out one more does something for sure i believe him against joss whedon yeah and if anything it's like you know executives are executives they will do some despicable shit sometimes i would not be I, I potentially might just believe that after that. Like, I think I would just be like, I Walter Mata did ignore it. He, he uh, owes Ray Fisher an apology. I don't know if he'd resign over it. I don't think they could get him to resign over it. That's still like, that's a hard, that's, that's, that's tough. That's like, yeah, it's you know. so like Ray Fisher, he said he would never work for W uh, for Warner brothers again while Hamada's there or who was it? Yeah. Walter Hamada, yeah. the current like, so head. I don't know yeah. me. Maybe all he really needs is an apology. Just, to, yeah. You know, just if he apologizes and like basically, yeah. yeah, gives him a better deal, all this stuff. Like if it's anything like that and he's like, hey, if you ever say anything else, we'll listen. I'm so sorry. He has to basically, it's like basically you got to, you got to, you got to kneel in front of him, and basically kiss the ring is what he's got to do. And hopefully he does. It just all depends, especially like um, imagine if Snyder Cut Justice League is amazing and people love Cyborg. And you got this online movement, and then other people speak up now against Whedon. It's like, dude, all these cards are now against you. And yeah, you could probably survive it because you still have all these other DC movies and people watch movies regardless. But, you know, you would look better saying yes and going okay. And who knows what's going to happen? Because also, like, I don't really know what's going on with Jeff Johns now in terms of the creative. Because it's like, I don't know if he's even doing comics or shows or anything anymore. It's kind of confusing now. But... I don't know, there's just so much that can happen there, but at this moment, it's more of, once again, just, unfortunately, just gotta wait and see, and just keep yeah. writing this out, and we'll see what happens. If there's more news, we'll, we're pretty much at this point, uh, I think anything that comes up, we'll just be covering it here at this point now. We're just yeah. gonna keep up with it, because it's like something we're investing in to see what happens and what new information comes out, because it's very interesting, and, you know, I want to know the truth. I want to know, like, I want to know I can support him if it's like completely true there. I really do. And if he does, like we'll be we'll be fucking hashtagging that shit, doing whatever we can to help out. Just like for sure. And put put as much effort in, in there as it was to make this fucking Snatter cut to happen, you know? So, cuz it's like, you know, a man's well-being and his career on the line there. So, yeah. All right. Back to some fun shit, James. Speaking of Snatter. <laughs> we got the we got the trailer for Justice League Snyder Cut. Yeah. Or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, and... It was hard for me to get like 
super excited for this one just because like most of the things that I would have gotten excited for, we already saw snippets of in except for one thing that you did point out to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like we already saw Darkseid in the uh, first trailer. So like it was cool seeing more of him, though. Uh, I don't know. It's just like I'm already hyped for this. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I think it's it's also we got the fir- the very the, the Hallelujah trailer like did everything it needed to mm-hmm. for the most part. This just pretty much solidifies the hype because even like we were, I was talking with uh you know El Paso Brandon earlier and he was like I'm in I'm hyped. This is this already he's pretty much sold that it looks great like that it's gonna be like it's gonna be potentially good. Not only like better than the Whedon version, but just like it's actually like a positive. You know, like it's on the upper tier there. I love that we and, seem to go back to the uh, apocalyptic futurescape and the Joker's there without his tattoos. Yes, it's everything. <laughs> Dude, they start. It's like, okay, so I will say too, I wasn't as like, I didn't lose my shit as much this time because also we've had three days of teasers and each teaser was about 15 seconds totaling. And this is like a what, a two, two minute, 20 second Something trailer. Like that, yeah. And we already had 45 seconds of it teased for us over three days. Yeah, so maybe so, that's why I wasn't so like, oh my god. Yeah, because in the teasers, there were, we, yeah, we saw the Black Suit Superman with heat vision. Mm-hmm. We saw the Bat Tank. We saw the, the mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns Bat Tank that's going to be in the Nightmare. We saw first looks at Joker, potentially, but it still was amazing to see him talk there. And it sounded yeah, so that fucking been, good. It, it sounded so good. That would have been so an good. amazing reveal had I not known that that was coming already. Oh my god, that would have been such a oh! They keep they, they really yeah. If they didn't show us the teasers and they didn't show us those photos, imagine how much people would lose their shit. Dude, I'd be like, oh my god, I brought back Jared Leto Joker. It's amazing, God. In your in your road to hype up the trailer, you took out the hype from the trailer because you hyped yeah. up everything. How do you spoil a trailer? It's so weird. Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's it, I don't know. It's like on one hand, I loved having the hype of it. At the other hand, I'm like, but dude, it would have been even crazier if it was just like, here's the trailer and you lose your shit to it. But it's just, it's like they, they couldn't help it. It seems like they were like, oh, we just want to show stuff. You know, we can't, we just want to. But um, yeah, you got the the Nightmare, uh, Dark Knight Returns, Bat Tank. You've got uh, Dark Side and Asad. And many didn't see it, James. I know you didn't see it. Yeah, but I even didn't before... notice who it was in the background. I just noticed that he had like a couple heralds behind him. No, not even in the trailer. But in the sec- in the second teaser, when it was the two days away teaser, oh. uh, they show Darkseid and Dasad, and you see like the side of someone. But before you click it, if you look at the still before you play the video on Twitter, it shows her there, mm. and that's where I noticed it. So it's not even in the teaser; it's n- it's like in the the still. And I looked closely, and I'm like, oh my god, that's Granny goodness, Granny goodness. Granny goodness, the new god from Apocalypse, is in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Do you know how exciting that is? Especially before I've talked so much about like, oh, they need to put Granny goodness in the DCEU. Like they can't not do it. And that name is, you know, most people, if they're you not said it was a comic deal fan, breaker. it was a fucking deal breaker. And they made, I, they basically solidified that deal. I'm like, I'm sold. I'm yours forever. But like, uh, the Danny, Granny goodness, many the average person's not going to know who the fuck that is. And she, if you've ever watched Justice League, uh, the TV show or Superman and stuff, the animated series, uh, 
she's in it and she's the she's one of the high ups of dark side she's like one of his right hands and she is the head of the female furies which is like dark side's elite femme fatale killer man squad basically killer woman squad it's like all these assassin savage women who just like can kill anything and they're just like these ultimate warriors and of course their leader like the main one is big barda who switches sides and becomes part of the justice league eventually her and uh mr miracle who are both like apocalyptian like products for the most part even though mr miracle is actually the son of uh all father of uh new genesis but he gets like taken by dark side and stuff and uh is like a prisoner there and the whole thing is he keeps escaping and that's his power he can escape from anything because he got so good at trying to get the fuck out of Apocalypse. But yeah, so Granny Goodness. Back to Granny Goodness. She is like this old woman who's still like physically capable of just like annihilating things. Because she's a new god. She's like got super powers and shit. And she talks like, I'm Granny Goodness. Oh, hello, dear. And then she just fucking kills shit. She's just so dope. I, I love Granny Goodness. And yeah, I... I had a crazy idea. I was like, yo, cast Meryl Streep as Granny Goodness in, like, the movies. I don't, it's definitely not her, because um, you can't see from back there, but you can tell it's not Meryl Streep, obviously. Uh, and that casting would have been insane. Like, even, like, random people that don't watch these movies that are probably, like, women that watch random movies with Meryl Streep are like, oh, Meryl Streep's in this movie? What's going on? Uh, but, yeah, so I don't know who's playing her, but you could see Granny Goodness. You could see her outfit. You could see her hair. You just know it's granny goodness. And I think she has the same type of like spear baton thing. I forget what it is, but uh, she has the same like staff type uh, weapon that she uses in the show as well. So I'm just, I'm so pumped for this. This is looking so awesome. I, I'm ready for this. And having granny goodness there, dude, it's, it's so great. You've got Jared Leto's Joker at the end in a SWAT vest without any of the tattoos or anything it's just the straight white makeup with the red by the mouth and the green hair and it's long and he's talking to batman and the way he says batman sounds so fucking good i am so ready for this and it's like it's telling me like oh you just didn't get to see the version of him in suicide squad that really you should have seen like you didn't get him like you wanted and it even more so james i'm crazy and i still we talked about it in the cut of steel I don't think the A or cut will make the movie better. I think it'll still be as shitty as it was, but I think it will then give Jared Leto as a Joker a better chance for sure because I think oh, we'll yeah. see more of him and it'll be a lot better because there'll be more uh, content and just continuity of him, like what he's doing instead of just showing the fucking grills and the damaged head, like you'll actually see him in action. And the fact that in this movie too, in Justice League Snyder Cut, He's going to be actually fully interacting with Batman. Like, they're going to do shit. And the nightmare sequence here, like, yeah, we saw it for, like, what, two and a half minutes in BVS. This is looking like, dude, this is looking like 15 minutes to 20 minutes of content. Because if you look, too, behind Batman when he's talking to, when Joker's talking to him, Cyborg's there. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, we were talking about it because uh, uh, Brandon also saw an image of Cyborg in the trailer where he's got like two guns, he looks actually skinnier than before with the machines. And he's got no hands, it's like two cannon things. And you see behind him, it's like wrecked cars. I'm like, dude, that's Nightmare. He's in the Nightmare. So I think Flash gets them there or something. It's going to be really cool. But I'm really, it's going to be awesome. 
I am so ready for this and I can't stop talking about it. I'm like so hyped mm-hmm. for this type of stuff. But yeah, you see like all the characters, uh, they keep switching from one to the other. You see stuff with Flash and Iris and his dad. You see stuff with Aquaman. You see stuff with like Wonder Woman. She does like an awesome flip. Uh, Superman, like I said, he's got the fucking black suit and he's got heat vision. Like it's just looking great. And you have a lot of, you have talk, you have a lot of, uh, you have dialogue between Bruce and Alfred and then uh, Bruce and uh, Joker. So that's going to be really, really cool. Like, on as on the nose as it is i still kind of like that line where it's just like if you can't uh oh god what was it, it was like if you can't stop the raging bull don't flash the red cape at him and it's like ah oh, that's a superman reference <laughs> yeah oh that was so good yeah and they show they they show like the superman hologram too and it's just oh it's so good and that's why he flash that's why he flashes a black cape at him <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, oh i just realized batman and superman have the same cape now yeah huh yeah, it's just uh, Batman says, like, you know, the shirt's at the end I of hope, like, on the back of the cape, it has, like, a silver uh, S, though. Like, is that? Oh, that'd be interesting. He... No, that's the front of his suit. Huh. Does he ever have a symbol on his cape? No. Oh, wow. Okay. My mind yeah, just can, like, high. sometimes superimposed. You're so high out of your sense. mind, bro. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, yeah, so that's uh, anything else. I know I went on, like, a full spiel there, but, you know, I had to. I had to. Nah, I think that's it for now. For that, at least. Yes. We are one month and four days away from Zack Snyder's Justice League. But just remember, of course, we are in February, and February is the shortest month of the year. Oh, yeah. So there's two days less in that month when you think about it. Prepare yourselves. It's not a leap year this year either. Nope. So prepare yourselves for Justice League Snyder Cup, baby. God, I'm so ready for this. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. So happy. But James... Right when we were about to record, we got one more teaser. I wasn't expecting. It was like a like a forty second Godzilla versus Kong teaser that shows a lot more Kong and stuff. And we noticed there was some sign language involved. Oh yeah, I thought that was really interesting because they were like they keep saying she's the only one. This this young girl is the only one that Kong will communicate to or with, and it's like oh, she doesn't literally speak to him she uses sign language and we've seen in real life that apes can learn how to do sign language i thought i think i think that's really clever yeah and you know there's more of the aquatic fight like the naval fight where they're on the the carrier uh they show like kong i think going underwater at one point Uh they show more of i think what was the hong kong fight if that is hong kong and you see like kong down and out yeah it looks like godzilla like... like kicks his ass a few times in the movie yeah and then kong's gonna come back and do his kong thing but still a fucking monkey the monkey was put in his place james once again you filthy ape. wait till he comes back with godzilla bones oh god man i just if they if they straight up actually do something where kong beats him i'm just gonna i'm gonna fight somebody i'm gonna i'm gonna destroy something i'm gonna Dude, burn something i'm gonna do something bad i i know this is a long shot but i so badly want it to be that once he finally like kong finally comes back for at the end of the movie with like that uh godzilla bone axe he like buries it in godzilla's neck and you're like oh shit he just killed godzilla and then like he pulls the axe out and like it's all mechanical shit because it's actually mecha godzilla that would be actually the most insane thing ever i mean that would be such a godzilla versus mecha godzilla move from that original movie yeah where you know Angurus is fighting him and they're like why are they fighting their friends and then you see like this piece of silver show up where you're like wait 
why is his skin there's like silver speck there and then like godzilla and him fight and then he does like the transformation oh my god that would be crazy if they do that again i would love it god i'm just i mean we know dude it's like we know it's my if the toy the toy uh leak didn't happen like a year ago or some shit then we wouldn't know you know we knew then but then you know the trailer pretty much confirms it yeah or whatever so i still think dude i i I straight up i have a feeling it's gonna be mechagodzilla and then we're gonna get like a crazy mutant Ghidorah. also i because they they have to do something with that head from ending monsters you can't not do anything with that at some point yeah so and it's gonna happen in this one because if they're if the rights are leaving and it goes back to toho and they're just gonna be utilizing all those side monsters then it's for sure gonna be something like that but yeah that's uh the teaser there's this talking about that it wasn't too much but yeah it was just that stuff in that 40 seconds and then uh james we can finally move on to the gaming news that was a lot right yeah jeez all right I think this will go back uh, or go by a lot faster. I don't think this will take too long, but we've got a lot of EA stuff here. Um, I just honestly, some stuff is stuff we wouldn't normally talk about, but I figured because there's so much EA news this week, we would just kind of throw it all together as one thing. And first off was, you know, EA acquired Codemasters, which is the racing game uh, developers who did, you know, they did a, what was it? Blur, uh, Project Cars, oh. Dirt. Yeah. I could have sworn I saw when I played Blur, I thought the company that made it was called like Bizarre Creations. It was. I made the mistake of saying Blur. I meant to say Grid. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they acquired them. They got the IP to Dirt, Grid, Project Cars, Dirt Rally, and then oh. Project Cars Go, which is their mobile version of it. And also they have F1, the licensed IP, you know, like F1 Racing uh, as well. So EA has all of that, not to mention they still have Need for Speed and Burnout, James. So they have all these different now uh, racing games. Man, that's quite so, a catalog. Yes, it is. And they've done their, uh, what was it, at their um, financial meeting or whatever. Uh, they were talking about how they plan on pretty much maddening it or, you know, doing all, you know how their sports games come out oh, really. Oh, yeah annualizing well so yeah so but here's the thing though they're not they they're not annualizing all of these titles they're annualizing the racing from this so basically they're going one of these will come out a year yeah that's what i figured you meant yeah so like what you know i'm gonna get dirt this year next year i'm gonna get grid next year i'll get project cars and then next year after that like three years later i'll get another i'll get f1 or dirt or again or something um I think because, you know, they still have Criterion. I think Criterion will still be managing like burnout need for speed potentially along with the, I forget if they have another racing developer, but I think they'll retain their IPs. Like, I don't think you're going to see Codemasters develop need for speed and burnout. And I don't think you're going to see Criterion develop like grid and project cars and stuff. I think they'll still, you know, do their own thing. I just, uh, it does make me question too. I'm assuming then, does this mean like, does that uh, rotate Need for Speed and Burnout into that too? Because you haven't actually, besides that Burnout Remastered, have they even had a new Burnout game in forever? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So you could take all these, that's like what, six or seven different racing games. I'm assuming F1 will stay annual because that is a license. So just like Madden and FIFA, that would be yearly. I can see that. But otherwise 
uh, I guess, like, yeah, you could see, oh, we have grid. Now it's Need for Speed. Now it's Project Cars. Now it's Burnout. Now it's Dirt. And so there's a lot they can do there. Uh, it's just more of like the idea of how they're going to be now opening a new front of annualization, uh, which will of course make them a shit ton more money. Um, but also because like, you never know if, if this will work better in their favor. Cause you know, EA is well known. Codemasters isn't as much, you know, they're not a big name and the racing games aren't the biggest names either compared to like EA's sports games, but if they put the hype behind these racing games, like they do with their sports games you'll have them better known. So I, I honestly think their sales will increase for all these different games and they'll have just a better sales lineup and they'll be making money here. Uh, they'll potentially then make back what they did to acquire the company in the first place. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but that's on their racing front. Uh, personally, James, I don't think I'd buy any of these games. <laughs> but because you're not into racing either, right? We were always no, like more of the car really. combat, like Mario Kart, really. Like, yeah, if I if I play a game that's even remotely close to a racing game, it's gonna be something fun and like arcadey, like Mario Kart or whatever. Um, I I was interested in I was interested like the ones that interest me that always seemed like like I wanted to I didn't need to because I, it was like I had all these other games I don't need to play it. But if it was in a time when I've pretty much caught up and I have free time to kill, it was like Motor Storm. Mm, it was. Yeah. Forza Horizon, it was the crew maybe because I like the cross country idea. Yeah, I just and then potentially um, what was what was that um, the Rockstar one? Was it Midnight Club? Oh yeah, I actually like that one. Yeah, like Midnight Club and Burnout. Burnout too because Burnout had the destruction. I like Burnout's destruction. So it's like those ones were kind of cool. Yeah, I just never really got into like racing simulator games because. I don't know. I never was able to get a good feel for them. So games like uh, Gran Turismo, where if if you don't brake at the right time, your car will like fishtail like realistically. And I was never good at those games. I was never into those either because they're basically they're more like simulate racing sims mm-hmm. for the most part. Where I'm like, I just want to kind of go and do some cool trekking stuff or do some cool crashes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that's more so. Which I guess now, dude. Like I mean, there's no more Motor Storm. There isn't really a burnout. There's no midnight club, so it would pretty much be at the in this day and age. I'd probably be like, well, I guess it's either Forza or Horizon or the crew if I if I want yeah. to do something like that. The only thing I can think of that would actually get me to want to play a, a racing game is if I were playing it in VR. Like actually put me mm. in the car, and then it'll that to me is more fun than just like playing with a controller. I don't know. Like. I, even if I'm still playing with a controller, if I feel like I'm sitting in the car, that's more exciting to me than just playing a racing game. I don't know. You should get the full pedal wheel set and then be in a car and you're like, I want to back up. And you actually do the thing where you turn around and look back, even though you're not looking at the screen and back up your car. Dude, it, like that, it, it can get expensive to get like an actually really good racing setup. But that it's one of those are that's one of those game genres that it's like that's perfect for vr oh yeah like if you got a pedal set if you got a a racing wheel if you have a vr headset man you can actually feel like you're racing those cars except for like obviously you you won't have the feeling of the momentum because you're not physically moving but your brain can play interesting tricks on you it's it's like i mean it's the same thing like i guess what star wars squadrons did for everyone that had it in vr like they're loving it it's like you'd get that basically um it's funny though the only reason i thought about that idea for vr for if you're backing up 
is from that uh, South Park Guitar Hero episode where Stan's oh, playing the racing game yeah. and he's like, he's going to go see Kyle, but he backs up in the game like he's going back to go see Kyle. That was so funny. <laughs> so good. But yeah, so that's the racing stuff. Um, now, Bioware stuff, dude. Uh, they were kind of talking about, I guess, because, you know, they have the, uh, what, what do you call them? All the investors, I guess. All the people uh, investor that are... calls or meetings. Yeah. And they're like, hey, why did everyone important at Bioware leave? <laughs> all the people that were supposed to do the shit. Because <laughs> it's so great. Because everyone, I feel like if you're a big, not if you're, I guess, like a fan of games and stuff, but if you're into getting news about games and kind of learning who develops them. I feel like everyone knows who Casey Hudson is. Like he's the Bioware, he's the Bauer oh, guy. Yeah. He's the guy that did Mass Effect and everything. And then he left. And then they got him back. And it feels like they just got him back and he left again already. And it's just like, um Cause it looked like James, I feel like I, they got him back after Andromeda to fix everything. Cause you're like, okay, Andromeda's not good. Anthem is definitely not good. And it's like Casey Hudson's back. He could kind of bring us back onto a right track. You saw what he did with the Mass Effect trilogy. And Casey Hudson has left before they've even put out another project. Like Dragon Age yeah, 4 is not out. That's not good. Not even Mass Effect Remastered's out yet. Like, I mean, that's at least they've got that under their belt. But like um, he left and Mark Dara left, who was the executive producer on Dragon Age. So he was like the main dude there. Uh, and what was it they said? Um, Andrew Wilson said, I think from the outside world, there have been some blips, <laughs> some blips in Bioware's delivery over the last couple of years, but that has come as a result of them pushing deeply into innovation and creativity. And we feel very, very confident about their future roadmap. And we've talked about games like Dragon Age and Mass Effect in the future. James, is that what you'd call um, everything that's happened with these games? Would you call that a blip and pushing <laughs> deeply into innovation and creativity? Um, no, I feel like if that's been a problem for like a decade, that's just like, that's not a blip. That's just who you are. <laughs> uh, in respect to, uh, he says, with respect to Casey and Mark leaving, both good friends of mine, and we have tremendous respect for both of them. But this happens in the natural course of creative organizations and time to time. From time to time, and we feel very, very good about the ongoing leadership of that studio. And they do have people pretty much replacing them. Um, uh, said that, like, Samantha Ryan uh, is in charge of Bioware now as a whole. Christian Daly is now executive producer. And Matthew Goldman is staying as creative director on Dragon Age. And Mike Gamble will be uh, the lead. Uh, will stay as lead of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I don't remember what they did previously, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to research what they did before in terms of what they were in Bioware, but I'm just, I don't know. Uh, I'm still excited for Dragon Age 4 because of, I mean, they did so well with Inquisition, but also the behind the scenes of Inquisition wasn't yeah. good at all. And then you find out where things are gotten, they, they got worse with Anthem. So it's like the plus side is their Legendary Edition remaster of the Mass Effect trilogy. Because at least it looks good. It does. And all they have to do is make it look good because it's the same game and people will enjoy it. And it'll bring back goodwill because it's like they're using nostalgia 
to bring people back to the fold or like kind of get them some, you know, get, get good support. And then they can come back either with Anthem next as they're calling it or Dragon Age four, um, whichever comes first. And then eventually, you know, another mass effect after that, since they were hinting at it or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I, I want to stay optimistic for Dragon Age uh, four. Uh, I never got around to playing Inquisition. I'm, I might get to it now that I like I have a copy of it that I just like never got around to playing. And I'm sure it'd be super fast loading on PlayStation 5, which may which is great for like RPGs and stuff, especially open world games. But anyway, uh, I feel like if the next Dragon, uh, Dragon Age comes out uh, before Anthem next or, or which, either one, whichever one comes out next. That's going to really be like the litmus test for, you know, have they improved? Have they seen that they were, you know, that they had some serious issues that they had to uh, work through? And did they work through them? Or did they just like, like, oh, well, we could just keep on going the way we've always been. It's just, it was a blip. Yeah. And uh, there was a article that actually came out from Bloomberg, you know, Jason Schreier Mm -hmm, again. mm -hmm. And he said, uh, Electronic Arts, this is the title of his article, Electronic Arts to Decide Fate of Anthem Game This Week. And that was written on February 8th. So that was a week ago. So I don't really know. There hasn't been any news yet, but uh, this is what he said. Uh, This week, EA executives will... I'm not going to do the whole article. It's just this specific paragraph. Uh, We'll review the latest version of Anthem Next and decide whether to expand the team or abandon the project, said the people who asked not to be named discussing private information. The Anthem Next team includes about 30 people. Bioware said last year, people familiar with the project said it will need to expand to at least triple that in order to produce new content and continue attempting to overhaul the game. EA has not yet indicated whether it's willing to commit that kind of budget to revive a uh, maligned game. Um, And then, of course, EA doesn't comment on rumor or speculation, but... Uh, if anything, too, now that that article came out, they may like wait to announce what they do because they don't want to be like looking like, I guess, they're forced to talk about it. Now that, you know, Schreier had us another article since he was the one that came out originally with the whole behind the scenes of Bioware during the development of Anthem yeah. when that originally came out. And that should the whole should show that it was. So. I don't know. Um, it just, yeah, it just all depends. Uh, I feel like, I mean, James, you're getting Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I assume, right? Probably, yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to, are you going to get that full collector's edition with the helmet? Oh, no, I don't care. I, I just want to play yeah. the games again. Yeah, I'm getting that. That's a digital thing. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm getting it myself too, probably. I'm not, I don't know if I'll get it day one. I might wait like a couple days in case they'd be like, it'll be like the Ezio trilogy when it first came out. And they're like, there's so many bugs for this remaster and it's like yeah. their, their faces. It's just the eyes and the mouth and stuff. That too. But yeah, so I'll probably wait a couple days, but otherwise I'll probably get it within the week if there's no issues. Um, yeah. And that's when, when was that like May or something or March? Is, or is that coming out sooner? Man, I thought that was like a, li- a ways off. I forgot when it's coming out. I already forgot. It was, I could have sworn it was, let me check Amazon real fast of when it was coming out. It is May 14th. 
Oh wow, that's sooner than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's all the EA. Actually, wait. That's almost all the EA stuff. I forgot there's more, James. Uh, so two more things. Like I said, that's why I pretty much put them on here. But um, this one is probably the least interesting to us. But you know, it's another thing to add to this whole thing. Uh, EA has acquired or is acquiring a, a Glue Mobile for two point one billion dollars. billion. That's like half of the amount of Lucasfilm Star Wars. What does Glue Mobile even do? Diner Dash, Disney's Sorcerer's Arena, WWE Universe, Tap Sports Baseball, Kim Kardashian Hollywood, Deer Hunter, and more. Uh, I think... Wait, who owns Glue Mobile? I think that was... um, I want to say that was actually Kim Kardashian's company. I could be wrong, but let me double check. Uh, Founder Scott Orr. Okay, maybe not, but I guess they had a big partnership with Kim Kardashian. I think they had multiple games with her. And uh, James, I didn't know that Kim Kardashian had games. Yeah, there's like the one mobile game of hers that made her like a billion dollars, which is annoying because it's, it's literally just designed to sell you uh, microtransactions and that's it. So you pay money to pay money? Essentially. It's like, oh, do, nice. do you want to be, do you want to pretend to be like Kim Kardashian? Buy all these awesome clothes for your uh, avatar or whatever. I was just <laughs> this like, gives depression a new name. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like, it came out and within like a week or two, it made like a shit ton of money for her. I don't want to say a billion dollars in like just the first few weeks, but like it definitely made her a lot more money than it should have just because it's like, oh, that's Kim Kardashian. I, I buy all her things. Of course. So if that's the case, then um, I mean, yeah, it's the, they're doubling down on mobile stuff. So they're going to be pushing further in that because, you know, they've been doing a lot of other stuff. They've purchased other mobile game companies and whatnot. So it's just more to add into this whole thing, if anything. Um, and then the other thing, this was, I thought this was interesting, but EA is, Dice LA is working on a Battlefield game. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh... I, I For some reason, when you said Battlefield, I, I heard Battlefront again. <laughs> no 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 i think they're stopping that for a bit mm. but i mean we already knew dice like mainstay swiss dice was making a battlefield game and it's coming i think this fall probably because it's been some time now honestly i think they've taken time to kind of rehaul things since whatever battlefield 5 came out was that 2019 2018 i honestly don't even remember anymore yeah i don't i don't know i can't remember but uh, the thing here was, you know, Dice LA wasn't going to be Dice LA anymore. Uh, it was taken out of the uh, jurisdiction of Dice specifically as like, you know, as the second Dice studio. And they kind of gave it to the control of Vince Impella, the head of Respawn. Yeah. And it wasn't, uh, the whole thing was, you know, Vince Impella wasn't making it a Respawn studio. The plan was it would get its own name eventually. And it would eventually also have its own IP or its own titles. Like, it wouldn't just be a support studio for DICE. Especially just because, you know, like, the last set of DICE games haven't really been, 
you know, the best. Like Battlefield 1, you know, we already talked about how the multiplayer for that was not good in terms of uh, usability and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Battlefront 2 had the entire microtransaction, microtransaction fiasco. Battlefield 5 had a failed Battle Royale within it that did not work whatsoever. Uh, and then its content, I don't know if it was even like, like I think there was a lot of complaints about the content. I'm not too sure, but no one ever really talked uh, about it for the most part. Battlefield 5, I remember, like, they just, the campaign left out, like, a lot of important shit in World War II, like, the Asian um, theater, like, entirely, or whatever. Like, that. Of course it did, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I knew they was, like, randomly covering, like, a Norwegian uh, resistance fighter or something. Yeah, so a lot of things that fans of the series were really excited for and looking forward to, they carved out for, like, later DLC that you don't I and then don't it never happened well it's like they did eventually release uh like uh Jap- isn't it just multiplayer like, maps though yeah like they released a japanese map or, or japan map or, or basically something in the pacific somewhere here. in the pacific uh yeah um and i can't remember if they released anything else i can't remember if they ever went to russia or whatever at the very least it was one of those things where they did give you this dlc for free i think but like it came so late after the game came out that like no one cared anymore. Even mm, like okay. like you said, they even eventually put out the uh, battle royale that didn't launch when the game launched, and when the battle royale launched, no one liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even buy the game. I didn't even we we bought Battlefield One, we didn't get five. So yeah, there's that too. But yeah, so Dice LA. If they're working on a Battlefield game, I'm just wondering, like, are they then still, is this their last support for DICE if they're working for this? Or, James, what if we got a Christmas miracle? What if they're not working on the same Battlefield game as the mainstay DICE in Sweden? What if they're working on Battlefield Bad Company 3? that that'd be cool it's been a while since uh they the only thing with that is then no one would want to buy the big battlefield 6 game from the main dice because everyone would just want battlefield bad company 3 like everyone's always wanted this whole time well it's just because like the bad company games had such interesting funny characters that you got you liked the characters like you got invested in the story like for me personally i never I always enjoyed playing the gameplay of like Battlefield and Call of Duty games, but I could never remember any of the characters because it's all just random soldiers that don't really matter. Yeah, and I mean, the whole thing with Bad Company is that they made fun of all of it. They yeah. made fun of, even in their commercials, they made fun of Gears of War, they made fun of Metal Gear Solid, they made fun of like Call of Duty, they made fun of everything. Like, they just were like joking about stuff. They're like, what was that? It's a man in a cardboard box. Who? Who would do that? Mm-hmm. That's just stupid. And then he like shoots in a grenade launcher at him and he's like, I found an eye patch. <laughs> and it's like Haggard and Sweetwater and shit. And it's like, it's so, they were, they were hilarious. And it, it was a fun time. And I think honestly, if they brought that back, like uh, uh, put it this way, I have pretty much sold all my Battlefield games. Um, I'm selling like my PC ones. I'm selling my PS3 ones. The only thing I'm keeping is Battlefield Back Company 1 and 2. They're, those are the only two games I'm not selling. Uh, to put it that into perspective, if they if they made a new bad company, that would just be so smart. And especially 
If it's at a smaller studio, you know, Bad Company wasn't known to have a sprawling multiplayer like the other ones do. Like, it was just pretty much like Rush mode. And then eventually they put in Conquest, but like, they, it didn't have the largest multiplayer. It was very like, it was very focused. And people liked it. And people really enjoyed it. And like, people still talk about those games. Because uh, they were great. But who knows? Uh, I don't know if they're really going to be doing that. I doubt it. That's just a pipe dream. Potentially, it's probably just them supporting Battlefield 6. And then we'll see it. And we'll see whatever the hell it is. But we'll see how that goes when they finally get to it and see if they fix the fix the issues from the last two Yeah, uh, that they had. <sighs> That's all the EA news, James. And uh, staying in the area of the letter E, E3. <laughs> Uh, it will be happening this year, digitally, this time. Mm, all right. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, a, this is from a spokesperson. Uh, we can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021 and will soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video game to get a uh, community together. We're having a great, com- we are having great conversations with publishers, developers, and companies across the board and we look forward to sharing details about their involvement soon. But here's the thing, James. They're doing that in a world where now there's PlayStation's showcases on their own. Xbox did their own showcase. EA had their own showcase that no one liked. Yeah. Because it's fucking... Um, Ubisoft did their showcases that they could have just did one and not had us watch like three that were kind of like whatever. And then... We had Summer Games Fest and IGN Summer, whatever the fuck it was also called. And then we also had like the PC one. And then we had all these other ones, James, because they made like 18 different fucking Game Fest things that were going on. And they were spanned over three months. And it was our most fatiguing news weeks we've ever had. It's it's one of the major reasons why we have such a huge backlog of movies and stuff. It, it, that, yeah that was actually that was, that was like, pretty much the sole reason huh for like the entire summer we had no time to talk about anything at the end of our show or else it'd be like a three-hour episode every time that's what it, yeah i forgot now yeah so there's that and speaking of which so i'm i'm thinking this yeah there's a chance the publishers all might still do theirs but i'm thinking all those other ones hopefully won't be going on again i'm hoping ign doesn't do it again I, I it was great oh. that they did. They could do an indie thing if they want, but don't do anything else, please. Like yeah. that would just it's too much. But James, Summer Game Fest tweeted. They tweeted just their logo, and you know how last year it was like kind of like an orange and blue. Mm-hmm. They changed it, and now it's like a uh, blue and a purple. So it's coming back. Uh, we still okay. have Summer Game Fest again, and. So, uh, someone posted this, uh, some guy tweeted, uh, some, he, his name is the fucking Mandalorian name, Din Jaren. <laughs> he said, please make it one month instead of three. Last year's was way too drawn out. And Summer Game Fest did respond, which probably, you know, Jeff Keighley, uh, said this year will be condensed for sure. So... If it's condensed, we at least, if the dude said, you know, please make it one month instead of three, if it's condensed, I don't know if they're basically making a week out of it, or at the very least, it's not going to be the entire summer, and it might be just like a month or something, which would at least be better, because then we're not 
spending June through August. It's just like maybe June. Yeah. And that would be, you know, like June. Yeah. And it's like, just make it June. So then everything's in June and we just knock it all out like we normally would. And it's just like, if anything, we just do multiple smaller episodes like we used to do or something like that. But if it's like, oh, hey, we're going (laughs) to, we're just going to go crazy and do, uh, do all these different ones. And then you're just hearing us being like, yeah, I watched the thing and I hate games now. And they make me really hate games. games. It's too many games. And, and, and I saw the same game three times in three different places. And each time they acted like it was something new, all that stuff. But yeah, we'll find out. Cause dude, I just realized I forgot. Cause we've been in quarantine so, so fucking long. It's February. That's in June. That's four months away. Yeah. We're closing in. So we're going to get more news now. I don't think we're going to get anything else this month, but I think starting March through April, we're like March through May, it's going to be all, everyone's going to start hyping shit up again. We're going to learn about stuff. The only difference now is we have at least, remember last year, the biggest thing we were talking about was what about the consoles? We want to know about the next gen. Next gen's out now. So that's done. It's just going to be about the games for the most part dude so it's gonna but, be a little bit different there uh well we're about to get to it though i was about to say that like sony has some like huge games coming out this year though so their e3 time might be like massive showcases for these games but we'll we'll see all right so that's that e3 you know all that fun stuff <sighs> we're almost there last two um this is a, a crazy one. This is this is what I was not expecting at all. Uh, dude, do you remember that game that was canceled a long time ago, Six Days in Fallujah? Like, and it was like based off of that fi- that battle that took place in the actual Iraq War. Yeah, the the name sounds very familiar, but I I guess it's been a while since I've heard it because I don't remember much. Other other than there was like a lot of hype for it when it was first announced. It was uh, developed by Atomic Games, and the publisher was Konami. And I don't even know if Atomic is still around, but it was, like, planned to come out, and it was announced back in 2009, because the battle had taken place in 2004. So it was, like, five years after, and it just, there was a lot of backlash from a lot of people, because they're, like, they're profiting off the war, they're profiting off of our soldiers, all this kind of stuff, so they canceled it. I'm pretty sure that was, like, the reason. Even though you have, like, a fucking Nicolas Cage 9-11 movie and shit. But they're like, you know, that's fine, but this isn't. And the whole thing with this, too, you know, it's back in the days where people looked at video games like Grand Theft Auto makes kids kill people, right? Yeah. Like, it's that stuff where people weren't really... They were still very ignorant. They, they weren't really educated yet. And, I mean, they still aren't to an extent now, unfortunately. Like, you still have to tell them all this shit to explain them all the simple simplicities that games are like art and there's different takes and some are ridiculous, but others are very, like, serious or beautiful and whatnot. And with this game, like, it seemed like it was more like, remember Spec Ops The Line, where it's like very serious mm-hmm. type of shooter and that kind of thing. I, I this is what this is. It is a serious take on a serious event that occurred in real life. And it's supposed to be something where you actually get to see what happens there. And it's not supposed to be like, oh, this is like Call of Duty Battlefield. Like this is full realistic and you kind of get a sense of what that ha- what happened there. And you get to see what happens there because you're going through it and you're going through that specific event. And I'm pretty sure they went through and talked to a lot of people that were in that battle 
And that's how they got these perspectives oh, for it. That's cool. And yeah, the whole thing with this was that's why I was so excited for this when it was coming out originally. Like I was very, very interested in how this was gonna go. And when it was canceled, I was highly disappointed. It was like the one time that I was I was like excited about this game that came out of nowhere over Call of Duty and Medal of Honor at the time, because that's like what were still big back then. And I was still interested in shooters at the time too. Mm-hmm. This one now, so it's being resurrected. This is the biggest thing. It's being resurrected. And the developers are different now. So it's going to be Highwire Games, uh, which was uh, the founder, I believe, is a Halo dev or a former Halo dev. And Victura is the publisher. And I'm not too sure. Honestly, I don't remember what Highwire did. But Victura, I'm also... uh, Okay, Victura is the one I don't know. So Victura, uh, I'm not sure what they've done uh, or like published. I don't know. Have you heard of that publisher before? Victura? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, Highwire, uh, if I remember correctly, they're the... This is, so this is the interesting part. Highwire is new, and they have only been making one game. And that game is Gollum. Remember that game with the... Uh, not the Lord of the Rings one. Oh. No. This is the... Remember Marty O'Donnell left Bungie, and he was working on this game with like a little girl and this rock monster, like a Gollum rock oh, monster? Oh, the VR game. Did that ever come out? Yeah. That's this team. Oh. Huh. That okay. team is doing this. So I'm very curious because, you know, that is a very not what we were expecting game before. And now they're taking this game and bringing it back. And we don't know how, when this game is coming out, how long this is going to be. Oh, wait, no, actually, what am I saying? It's coming out this year. Really? Yes. I'm not sure when. I'm going to assume probably like September, probably, or like fall sometime. There's probably a bit of time, but yeah, this game is coming, man. And it's, I, th- I just think it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I'm just like, I'm very curious how it's going to go. And I hope, I hope no one tries to stop it this time because I'm in full support of this. I really want to try this out and see how it goes. And hopefully it's not like, yeah, it's not tone deaf and, Rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. I really want it to be like it actually really does tell a story of what happened there. Like that would be really what I want there. But ending it on one last news piece. Whew, we got a new trailer for Ratchet and Clank uh, Earth Depart along with uh, the release date. Because it's like a, it was a short little trailer that just kind of tells you the release date. But dude, we're getting Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on PS5 on June 11th this year. Mm-hmm. and you know i was thinking you know we'd get something in march we'd get something in may but it's june is the first of our like big first party games for playstation yeah which means james that means there's only six months in the year july through december which it's probably not gonna be december that's we can i think we can rule that out it wouldn't be december so july through november we're supposed to get horizon to forbidden west and God of War Ragnarok. Hmm. Man, yeah, that's. I would have thought that uh, Ratchet and Clank would be earlier in the year if they were going to spread them out. But yeah, the fa- the idea. Because I don't think either um, uh, God of War Ragnarok or uh, Horizon Forbidden West would come out sooner than June. Because I feel like we would have gotten like more trailers or like, oh, we more information for sure, yeah. by now. So 
if I were to hazard a bet, uh, or a guess, but whatever, um, I would say God of War is probably their holiday uh game. Like that comes out in like November, maybe. Especially, I know this sounds like really stupid as a as a connection, but God of War Ragnarok would deal with like a very icy um environment and that would be very winter like so and i and i know only like the northern hemisphere would be in winter at the time but it just it feels like that would make sense for them to do and i'd say horizon would probably come out in like october or something i mean it's not really like a scary game but like i feel like that would be a decent um spacing out of these games you know june october november but like i i have zero information to back this up though i so here's what i think we got so july through november i doubt we'd get horizon in july the soonest i'm seeing horizon is late august or i think it's going to be a september release it it Mm. very much seems like it would come out in september it's like that pre-november craze but it's like big games still come out in that month. Like it's usually September and November, like the kind of the big two. Yeah. So you would throw horizon in the early September area and then you give two months and then God of War Ragnarok comes out. Yeah. And there you go. That's, I don't think anything is coming out in October. I just don't see that happening. I think it's God of War is only, it's only window in 2021 is November. There is nothing else just because we haven't even seen anything. Whereas Horizon, we've at least gotten a trailer of, like, cinematics. And it just seems like it would be at least potentially further along, especially since it did come out before God of War did. Or at least the first one did. Like, God of War came out... uh, Horizon came out in, what, 2017? God of War came out in 2018. So they've had it a year before... uh, Or at least Gorilla's been working on their game a year before uh, Sony Santa Monica did. But there's also delays i mean obviously the ones that are famous for delays that seem like the only ones that do get delayed in the sony area is naughty dog for the most part insomniac doesn't normally delay their stuff so i think they're pretty much good off this may release date and i think they're good to go too because they have two studios to support this and they don't even have to work too quick like they already got miles morales out they're not known for even doing crunch like they just know how to get stuff out in their orderly fashion that they do uh gorilla I don't know if them or Sony Santa Monica have really delayed. I don't know if... Do you remember if God of War was ever delayed, the previous one? Oh, man, I wouldn't know. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was. I think once they announced it, it was like they was solid and they did it. It's really just been Naughty Dog because they, they just go crazy. But, like, yeah, I, I honestly... I'm, I'm betting here. I, unless it's delayed. God of War is the only one I see getting delayed. Or if Horizon... Horizon, for sure, I think is coming this year. And if God of War is delayed, you're going to see Horizon either in September or November. You're better betting it to be in November then because that's like the prime month of the year for the most part. But otherwise, God of War would be November for sure. So I'm going to say, once again, Horizon, September, God of War, November, uh, or God of War gets delayed to 2022, March probably, and Horizon's in November then. That is my prediction. 
Yeah, that actually probably makes more sense to release um, Horizon in September instead of October. Yeah. And with that, dude, that's all the that's all the news. And we've gone over two hours. Sorry, I, I wasn't sure. It's like we've had a lot of news before. And we were actually able to knock it out in like an hour. And this was like one of those big ones because there's honestly just a lot to talk about with Ray Fisher, Justice League, everything. Really, there was just there was, there was a lot. Yeah. But that was the show this week, James. I, I think we did good next week. Uh, there's no trailers to come out. And, you know, there's always it seems like there's going to be more casting news and everything else. So. At the very least, at least, uh, there won't be a lot of EA and trailers, I think. So there is that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, we will get, we'll see you guys next week. Of course, you can contact us. You can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com and send us any questions you have you want us to answer on the show. You can send us any comments, any feedback, positive or negative. Just know, guys, heads up. We still have that HBO Max trial for two weeks. If you want it, check it out. Uh, it expires in March, so you have a little bit more time. First question we get for the next episode, or whichever episode, uh, if we read that answer, uh, if we read out that, that question on the show, uh, you will get that code for HBO Max. And once again, that's at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. And it doesn't even have to be here. If you have a question for Sutra Sidewatch, Cut a Steel, any of those, definitely. But of course, we have the most questions we could possibly probably answer here since it's all about news. So if you have questions on news, just send it this way. All that kind of stuff, guys. And of course, you can reach the show and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Talk. You could find James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You could find me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. Just make sure to subscribe, give a five-star review, whatever it is for that site, whatever you can do to help. Share it out with your friends and family. Retweet us when we tweet out. Uh, share us to, our store, to your stories when we post something on Instagram. All that kind of stuff. And until next week, we will catch you guys later and have a good week, though. Yeah. Thanks for listening.